Every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that now space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. What does that mean? Does it mean you're a little girl? I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their purses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do a thing. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I got everything I need. I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree. And I can walk down the streets after dark, no one wants to rape me. And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee. Just like my straight white male dad did to me. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I've got all the luck I need. I've got a pile of broken mirrors and I'm walking under ladders and I'm spilling tons of salt. But to me that doesn't matter because my skin and my gender and my orientation are the best things to have if you live in this nation. I recommend it highly. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, live listeners. Welcome, live viewers. And welcome, people on the podcast. This is the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We do the show live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Media. Great new way to support the show, by the way. Go to eplex.store. Sign up for a membership there. Works just like Patreon, but you also get a bit of a discount in our shop. Also, while you're in the shop, uh, buy something. Uh, it helps us out. And uh, the items are fly. Speaking of fly items, two people are joining me tonight instead of one, and both of you have some of the fly items from the shop. Let's go with the uh, the not the the less uh, common host co-host here. What's going on? How you doing? I assume that's me because I'm not usually on this uh, show. I'm historian Matt. You can find me on uh, other Echoplex Media shows like uh, How the Tech Are You, which is not a live show. It's recorded and we post it on YouTube and all your uh, podcatchers. So check us out. It's all about technology uh, and and science and, and news and stuff like that. Uh, I'm here because the uh, topic we're covering is particularly interesting for me, and I requested to be on this show. So the, uh, the other white guy on the panel today. <laughs> uh, well, my name is HK Perrin, and I, too, am also on How the Tech Are You as well. Uh, and, uh, I'm also on this show 
Uh, and you can find me if you want to view my my ramblings. You can find me on Mastodon at hparen at port87.social. Okay, great. <clears throat> Thanks, both of you, for being here. Um, before we get started here, I want to explain to everybody what we're watching here. There's an event that happens every year, unless there's a pandemic. It's called Dreamforce. Dreamforce is put on by the company Salesforce. It is a... I would suggest against attending Dreamforce. I feel like there's probably a bit of sexual harassment that goes on like at any other conference, but it's probably a lot worse because it's fucking salespeople. And it's like the worst salespeople too. And every once in a while, they'll have, you know, uh, uh, problematic speakers. And as far as like problematic, inspirational speakers go, you can't really do, I would say better, but worse, I guess, than Tony Robbins. So what we're going to watch now is from 2017 Dreamforce. And uh, what I, I'd like to kind of try to keep an eye on this for some of the same manipulation tactics that we see from our favorite uh, IDW people. See if we can spot some of those. Um, of course, that's not going to be the only thing we're going to dunk on this idiot for, but we'll try to at least watch this with an eye for that. I have a feeling we're going to get some new uh, people on the podcast feed because of this one, because none of the like IDW critical uh, podcasts have done anything on Tony Robbins and everybody. We tried to do a Tony Robbins thing before, but it was just him interviewing some other asshole. And it was like probably one of the worst episodes of Intellectual Dollar Tree we've ever put out. <laughs> we were hoping to hear more from Tony himself. But don't worry. This is a full speech from Dreamforce of the man, the myth, the alleged sexual assaulter, Tony Robbins. Going crazy. How y'all doing? How y'all doing out there, Dreamforce? Please clap. Thank you. Please grab a seat. So after that... Mark, introduction by Mark, we have a lot of history together and I'm very grateful for the kind words he said. I have had the privilege of interacting with him, knowing him indirectly. Please breathe into your mic more. Certainly directly for the last 15 years of this journey. And it's so amazing to watch Dreamforce grow from 1,300 people to 135,000, 5 million people online. This man has created like a festival. It's like a music festival for geeks. These aren't geeks, these are salespeople. Yeah, they're not really known for being geeks. Right. Also, I mean, five million people online? I mean, probably not concurrently, but over the course of the, the event, probably, yeah. Okay, like total views. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> probably not concurrent viewers, no. I mean, that's that's a pretty high number, but I wouldn't be surprised if over the course of something like this, it gets five million views. Um, a music festival for geeks is actually South by Southwest, and I don't think they're ever going to let Tony Robbins speak at that. Not that South by Southwest is great, but you know pro he's probably never spoken at South by. Excuse me, I mean techies. We're all techies, right? No, no, you're not. Can we have a hand for Mark for this creation? He is decidedly not a techie. It's truly amazing. Dude, move your mic, dude. Get it. Get your mic away from your nose. Really find a way to add value. We all know in this room. There's only one way you succeed long-term. Anybody can get lucky, do something for a period of time, but real success in any measure whatsoever it's comes getting with getting lucky multiple times. Having rich parents. Yeah. <laughs> rich friends. Uh, having rich parents and getting lucky. That's the best way. Ooh, rich friends too, yeah. to, like, to like buy you a Ferrari. Yeah. Rich parents, rich friends, and getting lucky. And That's the way to be successful long-term. You find a way to add more what? value and if we find the way more to rich friends value, and parents we can be superior in the marketplace but we can also be superior in our own lives we can enjoy our lives at a different level we can have a different set of pride that isn't fake it's not ego 
Ego is when you try to make it better than it is and you know the truth is it's not. But when you really are in a position, hello, <laughs> when you're in a position where you own- I would disagree that adding more value is what would make you successful. Um, I know a lot of people that, or I know of a lot of people, and I know some personally, don't add any value to anything and they're wildly successful. Uh, a certain name comes to mind. So I'm thinking uh, more, it's more about the ability to extract value from something for your own personal gain is what he's talking about. Yeah, a, a certain name well, is coming to mind. Someone who recently made a very large investment that is not paying off, uh, who tends to respond to things with poop emojis. Yeah. I, w I was going to say this. Uh, I don't know if you guys been around some of these motivational types much. But like the value thing, like, and giving value or making value or whatever they're, you know, whatever value that is really a very common theme in, in these, uh, uh, talks, especially around motivation and particularly motivation around like making money, which is what almost all the motivational stuff is about anyways. Yeah. Uh, so I'll probably hear a lot of it. I mean, if, if you want to look at someone who creates a lot of value, teachers create a fuck ton of value for society uh, as a whole. I mean, and every year their wages go down. Yeah, well, relative, even when they go up, they still don't offset inflation. So yeah, they're still going down. Inflation. Uh, <clears throat> that's, yeah, that, that, I mean, when he said, again, <clears throat> I don't think he, he's, he's not talking about creating value. He's talking about extracting value here. Yep. And that's what rich people do. They extract value from uh, work, natural resources, the government, um, any number of places that they can find to extract value from a significant well. scale. Then you have an opportunity to really experience not only success, but fulfillment. And this conference has gotten bigger and bigger, not only in its size, but also in its impact. And so I'm really privileged to be back with you here. And I know you're raising... It's gotten bigger in its impact, even though I've never heard of this and, conference uh, before. I'm very, very into hunger, to say the least, primarily because I was so hungry at stage of my life. And my life was completely changed because when I was 11 years old, we had no money and no food. And we gotten used to that, but it was Thanksgiving, which makes it more emotional. And my parents... So these are claims that nobody can ever fact check, but ain't none of these motivational speaker types that were like, actually, my parents are doing real good and we had a fabulous Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like <clears throat> I would imagine the three of us uh, grew up not hungry, you know, but we, and so we would never be good motivational speakers because they'd go, what was your childhood like? I'd be like fairly normal, except that I'm gay, <laughs> like fairly like middle or upper middle class. They'd be like, get out of my motivational speech thing full of rich people. <laughs> <laughs> pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, from what I can tell, like Tony Robbins didn't have a very good childhood from uh, some of the history that I got, but I don't remember. It's been a while. I know like, was it Mooncat did a, a long, I think like a two part series on, on him. It's like several hours long. Uh, and she goes over all the issues with him. Well, no worries uh, about us doing a two part series on him. We did like a, a, a tenth <laughs> of a part series on him before. And so we'll do like a 1.1 <laughs> part series on him. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I recommend it for anybody who's interested in learning more about Tony Robbins. Is that after you say them, you can never take them back. And it was very profoundly painful, obviously, for myself as the oldest and try to keep my brothers and sisters from hearing it. But it profoundly changed me because that day something changed my life and it was somebody simply coming and delivering food. And it wasn't the person wasn't giving it. It was a delivery guy. 
And it wasn't a happy moment for my father. It was interesting. Um, I, you know, my yell, mad mom and dad are yelling at each other. My mom's saying things to my father. You haven't taken care of us. Pretty painful moment. And the door happens, and I go open the door, and there's this tall guy standing there with these big bags of food. And on the ground beside him, he had this pan with an uncooked turkey. And he said, is your father here? And I said, why is there just moment. a chair on the stage? And I sprinted to get my dad thinking this was going to be the most euphoric moment you could possibly imagine. Like God had come I'm guessing there's going to be a strip tease later. Ew. And my father came to the front door begrudgingly. When he saw the man, he got very angry. And he said, you know, we don't take charity. And he went to slam the door. And the man was a very tall guy. And he put his arm or shoulder against it. It kind of bounced off of him. And he said, sir, is a fucking Superman. He has tough time. <laughs> if Superman comes to bring me food, I'm going to take it. Cause I feel like I don't have much choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like he might be embellishing this story. Oh, just you a don't little say. bit. Just, just, a <laughs> just a teens of a tad. <laughs> it was, that man grew up to be Hulk Hogan. Somebody knows you're in need and they want you to have a beautiful Thanksgiving. Please accept this gift. And my father got even more intense and starts saying, I don't accept charity. And this time the man put his foot there and it bounced off of it. And then he said to my father that I thought and my father fucking shot him and the bullet bounced right off his eye. He looked at me in the background and said, don't let your family suffer because of your ego. It was intense words to say. My father didn't know what to do. He grabbed the food. He slammed it down and slammed the door. And I tell you the story because everything in our life is controlled by three decisions. And those three decisions I'd like you to look at today because I like, do you fuck e with Superman? Yeah, it's just do you fuck with Superman or do you take his gift? What are the other two? Apparently, uh, lie a lot about what happened in your past. <laughs> I don't know. Just do you have ethics? That's that's like that's like one of the biggest determining factors of whether you'll be successful. And I put quotes around that because you know these people's idea of success is having lots of money, and my idea of success, and I'm sure. You, you guys too is not having lots of money it's like having a good life being happy and just generally being like helpful to those around you i mean i wouldn't be upset if all of a sudden there were six million dollars in my checking account but i would immediately <laughs> hire a financial planner and then a lawyer because i'd be like i probably stole this money while i was sleepwalking <laughs> but like would you give up your ethics to to make money it, it really depends. It depends on how big of a compromise is it and how much money is it. I think that's everybody's calculus. I mean, if you look at every single billionaire, there is not a billionaire in the world who is not unethical. Well, I'm not worried about all of a sudden waking up being a billionaire because of some unethical <laughs> decision I made, HK. <laughs> I love Mark dearly. I really want to serve you and you all giving the greatest gift you have, your time. You can get your money back, but you can't get your time back. And so I really want to serve you. And I think one of the most powerful things we could do to serve you is have you be trying to get a refund from Tony Robbins <laughs> forces that's controlling the quality of your life. And you and I both know it's not the amount of money in your pocket. It's not who, you know, it's not even what you've been through. It's really the decisions you make moment to moment about a couple of different things. And the three decisions I made in that moment that I'd like to pull your attention to just real quick are in this moment, you're making these three decisions, by the way, the first one is what are you going to focus on? And that day, my father focused clearly on the fact that he had not taken care of his family. And whatever you focus on, you're going to feel. In fact, many of us in this room, who's ever focused on something? You were thinking something horrible was going to happen. You experienced the pain of that failure, that challenge in your life, and then it never, ever happened. Who's had this experience? Say, I. And if things aren't bad in your life, you can... Like only three people raise their hand. Bad in advance. 
Yeah, what what did he mean by that? Focus on your field. You're afraid something's going to happen and it doesn't happen. You've never right. had that experience of uh, being worried about something, about something, probably usually something that will happen, something in the future may or may not actually happen, or you know, eventually. Apparently, according to this question, doesn't actually happen. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if the, I can give a good example, but the way he described it was very odd. Like, but yeah, I mean, like, like legitimately everybody worries about some bad shit that ends up not happening that's like a that he just didn't say anything right there right there's nothing insightful about that it's just a common occurrence there are people also go ahead it's also like the the basis for uh or part of the basis for cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy that you're you know thinking about things you're exaggerating the harm that can come from things to to happen uh, including assuming a bad thing that's going to, is going to happen when it doesn't. That's uh, not to be confused with cock and ball torture, which is the other CBT. That one, the bad thing actually happens. It depends. It depends (laughs) who you ask. (laughs) Focus equals feeling. Because if you start to take control of your focus, you take control of your life. But that day he focused on the fact that clearly he had failed his family. And that was the meaning. The second decision you make is what does it mean? As soon as you look at something, think about something, focus on it. You go, what does this mean? Is this the beginning or the end? Is this punishment and reward? Is God trying to hurt me or trying to challenge me? Or is this nothing to do with God? I was just Okay, like, so this is obvious when not everything has a meaning. <laughs> right, yeah. We 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 we're like we're like hardwired. <clears throat> we rewatched the uh, Jordan Peterson uh, Matt Dillahunty late at night a couple weeks ago or maybe last week and we're like hardwired and it's one of the things Matt was saying is that we're hardwired to um, and hardwired is a stupid word, but I don't have a better like term for it. We're the descendants of people who tried to generate meaning out of everything. And <laughs> it keeps you alive by trying, by making meaning out of everything because we're like the fucking main character of our own story and shit. This is again, this is not very insightful and you're right. Like some things don't mean anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Also like that's what does something mean? That's so general. Like, oh yeah and vague something could something be anything can i wonder about the meaning of like jupiter what does jupiter mean oh it's awesome though <laughs> i'm glad we're its neighbor it, it hasn't declared war on us or anything man it's cool it hasn't tried <laughs> it hasn't tried neighbor. to sell us a self-help well, fucking course like you don't know if jupiter hasn't declared war on us uh maybe it has and we just haven't gotten word yet like the meanings we give to things control our life. If you think it's the end of a relationship, are you going to behave the same way as you think it's the beginning of a relationship? In the beginning of a relationship, when you're totally in love with someone, what will you do for them? Oh, well, they showed three do? for a second there. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. What will you do when you're totally in love? Shout out. What will you do? What? What? Make the sound of what it's like when you're totally in love out of your mind. Just go ahead and make that uh-huh. sound. Oh, no. Primal sound of what that feel like. Just go for it so we get... That's the love sound. I mean, if you're totally in love out of your mind and it's unrequited, the sound could sound like harassment. Yeah. Why is he asking people to make this sound? That's not a sound that's like a common human experience. If everybody just groaned like they were getting off or something, it would be very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's joking, right? This this is a joke. There's people laughing in the background. I feel like this is a joke. It's just a really bad one. <laughs> I just don't know if he knows it's a joke. 
No, I think he does. Like, he's smiling. It's just a really bad joke. It's been a long time for some of you, I can see really clearly. Let's try Were they this cheering? Oh, that was a joke. You cheer when you're in love? Person. Like, you can't wait to touch them, make love to them, be with them. Make the sound of what that would be like. Go ahead, nice and loud. Go ahead. Uh, cheering? So this is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable, too. <laughs> He's, he's getting really close to just saying like make make the sound of an orgasm make porno noises please <laughs> yeah <laughs> is he is he trying to sexually harass this entire audience <laughs> if there's one if there's Maybe. one if, if there's one man that could do it matt it's probably tony <laughs> robbins because <laughs> he has motivation he's thinking well they can't all sue me thing and you will do what for them what will you do anything what if you were that way with your client what if you're that way with your internal customers, because your partners, you go, well, we'd have real sexual problems with HR, that would be the real challenge. But if your commitment was the same, when you're in that place, you do anything in the beginning of a relationship, in the beginning of a relationship, if your partner said, would you take out the trash? What do you say? Take out the trash. Or you could be like, it's your turn, actually. You could still be in love and be like, I think it's your turn. Like a good relationship might be like, might be like where you are like, no, I did it last night. Like you could have a great relationship like that. Take out the trash. Go. What do I look like? You're Dave, are you taking trash out every night? How much trash are you producing? I'll give you a clue. If you some people have little little trash cans. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's coming to the end. Do what you did in the beginning, and there won't be an end. Because when you think it's the beginning, you behave differently than the end. The meaning we associate to things controls our entire life. It's not. Uh, is he? Is this, this supposed to be re, uh, relationship advice? Because it's pretty bad relationship advice. I don't know. It sounds like The Secret. Have you ever seen The Secret? Yes, I have. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Do you mean because there's a book and a movie, and I, I just saw the movie, which is like a documentary style. It's really bad. Um, this is this is like The Secret, but for salespeople. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, so he, he said the meaning that we associate with, and I assume he means assign, the meaning that we, we assign things, uh, what did he say? Like controls, controls our lives, your life, yeah. uh, which like, okay, that is the least actually insightful thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. This is obvious that we, <clears throat> we, uh, we make meaning out of everything. It's just, it's just what we do with that, like a part of the human condition like <clears throat> they're like like sociopaths and psychopaths sometimes have a hard time making meaning out of things and that's one of the reasons they are the way they are like it's one of the well, one of the one of the, the things that one of the ways you diagnose psychopaths and sociopaths is they don't assign meaning to things the same way other people do this is this is amazing this is just like this is just like bog standard this isn't even like motivational speech speech shit this is like bad relationship advice shit <laughs> yeah and I, this I is just, meant I, to be an, an event for salespeople, right so supposedly. they're meant to get something that would help them to sell things and he's just saying oh yeah you know the 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 things that we find meaningful are, are the things that we do with our life. It's like, okay, cool. What can I do with that? Fucking nothing. Sell an order of 5,000 widgets to my customer. Certainly that's painful. You know, that, that advice in a bag of chips is worth exactly one bag of chips. Take control of the meaning. It's the only thing we can control our lives. We can't control events. 
And we're living now where technology is happening so rapidly. We can control events. Like, does he think no one set up this event? <laughs> He's at an event okay. that somebody's definitely in charge of. Yeah, we can control. What the fuck is he talking about? Does he just mean like all events? Yes, we can control all events. But like when I decide to make dinner or when I decide to turn the TV off, I can control those things. Uh, I believe that he is uh, doing sort of the, the, what the dime store um, stoic philosophy kind of idea. And specifically, it's the dichotomy of control is what he's talking about. I know I hate to bring up Stoic philosophy. <laughs> well, don't worry. I've known you for how many years before you brought it up. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> if I've known you for how many minutes and you bring it up, I'm going to find somebody else to talk to at the cocktail party. <laughs> so, so real quick, uh, got to get this out. So the dichotomy of control is the idea that there are things in your life that you can control things in your life that you can't control. And as I say that, I'm sure Hunter will come up with like a hundred things that come in between that. But that's not the point. The point is that the, you know, a very generic kind of basis, you can do that. And so he's talking about like, so there's certain events you can't control. Uh, and the idea is, um, if it's something that you can't control, there's no point in worrying about it because there's nothing you can do to change it. And if it's something that you can control, then you, there's no reason worrying about it because, well, you would just do whatever it is to control it and do the thing that you want. Right. Okay. Uh, so they, yeah, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is, they, they have this concept. It's the serenity prayer. It's grant me the serenity to change the things similar, I can, yeah. to accept the things I can't, and to know the difference or whatever the fuck it is. They end those NA meetings with that shit. That's, that's yeah. what he's doing. He's doing the serenity prayer, essentially. Yeah, he's doing something similar. No, with that technology, our psychology is not developing as rapidly. And as a result, the world's changing. And a lot of us that have learned to engage with technology and use it to maximize most people in this room, but there's lots of people who use technology to disengage, to be harmful to themselves and to other people. It's not a one-way street. So I'm interested in how to maximize the psychology side, and that's why I'm sharing this with you, so you can increase both your leadership skill, but who do you have to lead first to be effective, my friends, who? Yourself, and so good to see what's controlling you. Well, what I'm focusing on is controlling me. You can focus on something, you make yourself crazy, you can focus on something and make yourself great. In this moment, you could be worried about Ebola, because we all know it's coming. Wait, People no, we didn't know that. We were unsure about Ebola. <laughs> Don't get your medical advice from fucking from fucking uh, grifters, actually. This is this is a precursor to something else that happened to everybody. I assume he became like a, a COVID denier as well later on. <laughs> that I don't know. Oh. Also, un unless you come into contact with someone else's bodily fluids, you don't need to worry about Ebola. I was about to say something very inappropriate that I'm just going to kind of leave on the table. I hope that's okay with everybody. <laughs> thousand people die. Uh, as long as that's what you're leaving on the table and not. Because the news is not designed to inform you. It is designed to startle you. Because that's how you sell things. So if you let someone else take control of your focus, your life will be in someone else's hands. So first decision is what you're going to focus. Second meaning. My father that day focused on he had to take care of his family. And the meaning was, I know what it was because he said it out loud, that I'm worthless. Now, when you come up with a meaning, it produces an emotion. Sounds like you're pretty not worthless if somebody cared about you enough to bring you food to feed your family. Somebody else found, saw value in you. You, yeah. you. Dumb fuck. And if you and I want to look at the quality of our life, there's only way to find it. One way, really, that's real. How do you feel every day? 
If every day of your life you got a billion dollars and every day you feel guilty or angry. Well, if I was extracting a billion dollars from the economy every day, I'd feel kind of guilty about it, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know money's a social construct and they'll just fucking print more or whatever, but I'd feel pretty bad about it. And I'd be, if I was extracting a billion dollars a day out of the economy, I'd give away all of it, but 1500 bucks, man, 1500 bucks a day is a pretty good income. My God. Yeah. I I feel like if someone were extracting a billion dollars from the economy every day, then it would be unethical to let them continue living. I would just, I would just prevent them from doing that. I wouldn't prevent them from alive. Hmm. I assume what if he's going to do it again, though. Like I'm, I'm not usually in favor of capital punishment. <laughs> I assume he's not going to go into all the psychology around like making money and following you know people who've won the the lottery and and their psychological problems and and all that stuff. Um, well, the, yeah. The problem that the I mean, the problem with people who win the lottery is that they just they just don't immediately give the money to some disinterested party to manage who gives them an allowance. Like literally, that's yeah, like that's much. the problem with winning the lottery is that people don't do that. The problem is somebody who wins the lottery they probably don't know how to manage money, uh, and they suddenly have a lot of it and need to know this information. They don't have it, so yeah. Then an angry rich man or woman, isn't there? Just want to slap them, don't you? How do you have the right to be angry? I mean, that could just be their disposition. That's like a thing. And they might seem angry. They might seem angry from the outside, but then if you meet them, they might not be really an angry person. That's just like they're gruff or some shit, you know? Well, they may be angry because a lot of people keep asking him for money. <laughs> uh, there is a quite famous saying that money does not buy you happiness. Yeah. Lack of money can cause unhappiness, but money doesn't necessarily cause happiness so in the united states actually depending on where you live after about 80 or 90 grand if you're single or whatever money stops buying you any kind of joy or happiness because your material needs are met you can go on vacation all that shit yeah yeah i've heard like very similar stuff all sorts of different numbers for that it depends where you live and if you have a family maybe it's if you have a family of four maybe for the family of four it's 150 or whatever where you stop being you know happy or whatever depends on if happiness to you is buy every brand new ferrari then i guess the number gets higher angry pissed off and guilty if you have nothing i live in fiji a portion of the time i have a home there and a a resort there and kind of two families of villages there that i interact with the last 25 years and when you go to fiji and you walk down the street or you drive by people jump up and they yell bula 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 which means welcome be happy we love you and you drive by five minutes later and they jump up bula 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 and you're going like what drugs are they taking no one's paying them but they're just they're yeah. That's, so he's, that's probably a mistranslation. Something like "fuck off" or something. <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck off. Get off my island, asshole. <laughs> you bought a Stop third. Stealing, of, you bought stealing a, our water. You bought a third of my old neighborhood. Get the fuck out of here. Focus on something else and come up with a different meaning for life. But if the meaning is it's the end, if the meaning is that you're dissing me, if the meaning is you don't care, whatever meaning we come up with, that affects the third decision, which is what am I going to do? And what people do is based on the meaning, because the meaning creates emotion, right? You can be miserable no matter what you have, and you can be euphoric having nothing. We all know it's true. In fact, is it possible to learn to let, for example... I would not say that that's true. Uh, I don't think you can be euphoric having nothing. Uh, I, I think maybe like someone who's mentally ill can, but if you have all your faculties and you just have 
zero money, you're going to be depressed. Also, you have to understand like his point of view, having nothing probably means he make 120 a year, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, like, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like the scale of like where it starts becoming nothing for Tony Robbins is like where it starts becoming like upper middle class for regular ass fucking people. I think, you know what I'm saying? Like once once you're rich for long (laughs) enough, you like kind of like, like lose perspective on money or I think most people do. And you, and you think that you can be happy even if you're just in like an incredible amount of debt. In the centered space. Like some people would love to have nothing. They have negative things. They have negative thousands or hundreds of thousands of things. And they're upset about that. The having negative of the things. If they had nothing, they'd probably be happier than they are now having less than nothing. And you could still feel great? Is that possible? Yes or no? Yes or no? Sure, but you and I live in a Western culture. Well, if you sit and bliss out, people come and take your furniture. <laughs> so we have to be good at not only controlling the internal world, but our external world. I mean, as opposed to what culture? What culture can you just sit around and do nothing and no one's going to be upset? I just wonder, like, has he had, like, his furniture stolen recently at the time of this uh, video? Did the people in Fiji go bulla, 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 which means we're coming to take your couch. (laughs) And also, to be clear, I think we should live in a society where you can sit around and do nothing and no one will hassle you. I don't think you should live an exceptional life, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, uh, like you shouldn't just die if you, if you don't want to do anything. Like that's that's where we are right now, right? If you don't want to do anything, you just we just let you die. We're just like, well, no one's going to feed you, no one's going to take care of you, so you just die. Unless of course you've gained enough capital through whatever means that you can do nothing and then we uh we say you're smart. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. So it's only <laughs> and I think all of you yeah. are role models for people where you show people that success does not mean taking, that success can mean truly growing and giving that money, resources, and opportunity are things to be shared. They're things that are tools for a quality of life. Great, write me a check. Enhance for people and for <laughs> yeah. yourself and your I don't family. think he means that kind of sharing. My father that day decided what to do was, if I failed and I've been worthless to my family, I must leave. And he did. And to me, it was the worst day of my life. I'll never forget it. I loved him more than anything. I had four fathers. He's the one I finally got attached to. I was like, mom, I'm confused. But then finally, years later, I got the benefit of it because out of all those experiences and all that pain, that day I made three different decisions. First decision is I just decided to focus on something different than him, and that's the power we have. We get to decide what to focus on, and my decision number one is, I wanna focus on the fact there's food, what a concept. Pretty cool. But the most powerful thing to change my life was meaning. I said, what does this mean? Because my father had always said, my mother had always said, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Don't care about anybody, they don't care about you. And that day I had physical evidence. Those you bringing food, I want you to know that's not just food. That's called love for someone. That's called hope for someone. That's called surprise for someone. And that day for me, I went, strangers care. And so I started caring about strangers. And I decided someday I'm gonna do the same. So when I was 17, I fed two families. It was like one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I went to the grocery store, I was all excited, saved up all my money. Went to the manager and said, I want to feed two families. This is what I'm doing. It's not for me. Give me a discount. And he gave me 10%. And I thought, cheap bastard. What does he think the profit margin is at the grocery store? (laughs) 
Yeah, it's not going to give you free food. <laughs> well, the other thing is like a grocery store is like a high volume, low margin business. It, this is at a fucking business conference and he doesn't know this. <laughs> well, motivational speaking is like a high, uh, <laughs> very margin high margin business. So he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> High volume of words, high margin of profit. Unless, unless you break <laughs> yeah. it down and, and, and talk about by the word, but still, my God. How much do you think I get paid for every word here? Less than a penny? <laughs> I talk a fucking lot, all right? <laughs> I mean, what? He probably got paid like thousands of dollars at least to be at this conference. I'd yeah, say a, a disgusting hundy, amount. Hundy large, hundy large at least. Yeah. This food, and ironically, um, I called this church and I asked in the barrio, a particular place, where are some families in need? They gave me two names. I put on t-shirt and jeans. I wasn't going to be acknowledged. I also didn't want somebody to be insulted because I saw what happened to my father. And I wrote a note, said this is a note from a friend. And I said, I just want you to know, we know you're having difficult times, everyone does at times. And I want you to have a beautiful Thanksgiving and please feel loved, take care of your family. And someday if you can, do well enough to do this for one other family and pass it on. But love a friend. And I had it written in Spanish as well. Oh, why? Oh, no. You should tell us why you wrote it. Oh, no. He's like, I saw ethnic last names and I figured out I might as well write in Spanish. Oh, you. Oh, God. What I would ask. What, and he was 17. First of all, I don't believe this fucking story, right? Fucking bullshit. You cannot <laughs> fact check this story, right? But <laughs> actually, fuck it. This is this is shit that didn't happen. So we can forgive him for this uh, fucking pretend. <laughs> we can forgive him for this pretend insensitivity or whatever right is can you get canceled about a fucking story you tell that wasn't true i mean i don't know <laughs> this rotten old van stick shift van that i borrowed from a buddy of mine with all these bags of food and i went into this place and got out pulled up this little tiny building really tiny knocked on the door and when i knocked on the door this little woman Open the door. It's probably half my size, which is not hard. I'm six seven, so she's like five two. And she looked up at me like this, and she saw the groceries, and she screamed. And she started grabbing my head and pulled it down and kissing me. I was like, No, 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 delivery boy. Delivery. Well, oh, it's only okay if somebody kisses you. It's only okay if you kiss someone without their permission. I understand. Oh, God gift, yeah. God gift, God gift. And she didn't speak English, so I handed her the note. She read the note. She's crying again. Started trying to kiss me again. I said, no, no. She goes, God gift, God gift. So I pointed, where do I put this? In this tiny little room. There's a table there. I put the food down. And I went over to get some more groceries. And when I did, four children come running out. And one hits my leg and wouldn't let go. And when they saw the pumpkin pie, it was over. <laughs> and Yeah, I don't believe this story. First of all, this little... When they saw the pumpkin pie, it was over because one of them was allergic to pumpkins, and then it was over for them. <laughs> oh, God. I delivered this food, and this woman was crying and smiling, and I stayed there just to take it in for a few minutes, seeing them all. It was like going back in time. And then as I went to go leave, I couldn't speak Spanish, and she was like trying to say something in Spanish, and I didn't know what to say, and it was Thanksgiving, so I said, Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Like, I heard the song, okay? <laughs> and she laughed and laughed. That is kind of a funny joke that you didn't tell. One of the more beautiful experiences <laughs> of life, isn't it? When you can have both those experiences in your body simultaneously. And I remember I got in the van, and all the three, four kids were sitting on the, on the bench here, and she's standing there waving, and I pulled in, going in reverse, and I looked in the mirror, and as I looked in the mirror, 
I saw these kids there, and I saw mom crying and smiling still. You must have a really high-definition rearview mirror. On the way out. Yeah, I was a little confused. It sounded like the kids were in the back seat, and he was yeah, driving he, off with the kids. Yeah, he looked in the rearview mirror and then saw the kids. Yeah. So what I was thinking is the kid was, like, right behind the van, and he just plowed <laughs> right into that kid. Or he just stole them. In my eyes, I thought to myself, what? I mean, this is a beautiful thing. Why am I crying? And then I realized... What a gift that day was. I realized that my worst day of my life was my best. He's like, but the second family, they told me to go fuck myself just like my dad did to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, then fuck you and I ate their Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and my goal for you, if you don't already have it, my guess is you've already done it, knowing where you are in your world today. But maybe your second worst day, it's time to make a best day. Because out of every tragedy, out of every- A lot of white people in the crowd. Is fucking Andrew Yang speaking next? It only gets healed when we find a deeper meaning, when we find there was a higher purpose in it. And I realized I wouldn't have been there that day. I wouldn't have that hunger to help somebody else if us, I hadn't had I can't believe we're like this far into this talk. And first of all, he said fucking nothing, nothing of importance. What are you talking and yet, about? Like, he gave us three questions. <laughs> yeah, three meaningless questions. <laughs> you could have played like, three games of 20. Here. You could have played you could have played three games of 20 questions in the time that uh, he spent here. <laughs> Point missing. So it's very personal to me. And I want to thank all of you that made the contributions and I told Mark and I've announced that I'm going to match the million meals if you hit it and I'm sure as hell expecting that you will. And so we'll get 2 million and when I told that then Mark said I'll match that. Nights like this. What the fuck is this? Love like we get copyright uh, slammed because of this crappy dance music they're playing. I'm gonna be so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is he? And he's clapping weird too. He's like clapping like the 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 ball of his hand or whatever it is. The the he's not clapping the palms. He's clapping like the like at his wrists or whatever. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't. He, he he only wants to fuck up the mic by like huffing and puffing into it. He doesn't want his clapping to get caught by the mic. Maybe. I, I thought he was just putting his hands way out so that it's very obvious he's he's like projecting your clap or something. On, on as HK stage. says, everybody unclap for Tony Robbins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> So Mark's matched it. So if you do the million, we're going to do three million here. So that's the way to play the game, I think. Just raise the game together. Is that all or nothing? Or like if they get 982,000, sorry, other fucking 2.1 million people. <laughs> we're not feeding you. These fucking greedy ass fucking people at the fucking Dreamforce fucked you over. I mean, like, that's technically it's, what he said. It's cool that he's giving to charity, but there are so much better things that he could do to help the world than like what he does for a living like he's he is not helping anyone by doing this so like yeah i guess if he didn't give to charity he would just be you know sleazy but now he's you know sleazy and marginally charitable i would argue that it's worse than not helpful that he's doing these stand these motivational speech speeches because he goes up does these motivational spe speeches and the people in the audience feel like they're getting help, but they're not getting help. Right. And that's not actually going to get actual real good help. And, a lo and not for nothing, a lot of businesses <clears throat> like reimburse people for their attendance at this conference where if they wanted to like enrich the lives of their employees or even enrich their company, like they could spend the money so much better 
like on the yeah. they're on their salespeople. Send them to like some course or I mean, I don't know, uh do a pizza Friday. That's what they do for people to hook people up at work, right? Or pay for I healthcare, mean, you know. Almost anywhere would be better than than this specific speech right here. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do a Dreamforce in a couple weeks and see what other fucking monsters are speaking at Dreamforce. <laughs> Is. And I'm personally also November 18th, I'm going to feed 50 million people. I've fed 42 million in my life. And the reason I tell you this, and I'll get off the soapbox, but I want you to just think about what's going to create meaning for you. Because money by itself won't do it. But impact will. And impact can be with your own child spending more time with it. It doesn't have to be anything to do with contribution any other way. You can contribute to your own family. But contribution is what makes us feel fully alive. And I'm doing that because I don't know if you're aware of it, but a year ago, last summer, Congress cut the budget for what was traditionally called food stamps by $8.7 billion. By the way, $8.7 billion is the equivalent of every family to support going without for food for one week a month for 12 months out of the year. And all the nonprofits are trying to support that. So I'm partnering with Feeding America, and I started writing this book, and I thought, I'm going to donate all the profits. I wonder what he thinks about taxes. 10 million people. <laughs> and then I was like, that's not enough. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, he, he should be, if he's upset about that, he should be you know, out there protesting it, using his platform to, to protest it. And like, to a certain extent he is, he's talking about it right here, but you know, he should be talking about it much more vigorously than this. Right. The next thing might be, we're holding an event. Actually, anybody who's going to able to get to DC, we're trying to hold an event in front of the steps of Congress to try to like get this funding back because I actually don't have $8.7 billion to fill this hole and neither do you. But come on, that event. If he did that too, it would just be about him. He'd be like, "Okay, donate this money, but also, you know, buy my course." And I'll raise yeah. the bar. I'll get twenty million. And as time has gone by, I'd finally decided I'm going to do fifty million myself, and I'm looking to raise a hundred million. And that's in addition to the million I'm doing here. That's not part of it. So, if you want help, you're welcome to. And Feeding America is my partner, and we're gonna we're working for matching funds to get to hundred million people. I'm already to sixty-seven million just with some friends of mine before we even launch it. But it's a goal, and it's, it's kind of disgusting that he alone has that much money to to put into charity. Also, when he says he's feeding this number of people, he's talking about one meal. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's you know uh, whatever. It's it's you know I can't feed. I can't give a million people a meal. But he's not talking about feeding people in any sort of like systemic way. He's literally talking about I'm going to make. I'm going to give out, you know, 67 million meals. And yeah, again, like, yeah, better to do that than not, I suppose. But he's acting like he's feeding these people. And I mean, you're doing it once. Crazy talk. Also, he's just there, like, to, like, tell everybody how great he is so far, is, is what I'm getting at this. Yep. Don't ask you to do it because it's a heavy or something. Ask you to do it because you can't. Do it because it's fun. Do it because research shows that when it comes to money, buying things will never make you happy. Never. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have some nice things. Have some nice things. <laughs> Unless it's too. buying uh, talks or, <laughs> yeah. or motivational course. Right. This like, one, why doesn't he just give all his money to charity then? Right. And or not all of it, but like you know, uh, like make it so he's able to even give able to give himself like eight grand or ten grand a month allowance and give the rest of it away. Why wouldn't he do that? Yeah. He lived yeah. very comfortably on eight or ten grand a month anywhere. Yep. Buying especially if he like keeps the houses and shit he already owns get the fuck out of here oh he wouldn't be able to pay the property tax on him i guess he'd have to sell them make you happy alms for the poor people say money doesn't matter they don't know where to shop 
Because there's some experiences you can buy that are extraordinary. Who's got some experiences, some trips, some things you've done with family or friends that will live with you for years? Who knows what I'm talking about here, right? Those things, that money can be a really valuable tool there. If you can find enough add value and have money and do those experiences, how cool. I'll tell you what else money research shows will do. People, you know what, you know what actually would be a really nice experience that would live with us for years? Is if we what? ate the rich. I was going to say is I if would, we had I chosen a different piece of content for the intellectual dollar tree this week. <laughs> oh, cool. I'll tell you what else money research shows will do. People always say money doesn't matter once you get to a certain level. No, it matters that you can spend $5 a month and have more emotional juice and it can be measured all the way down by, into your saliva by hormonal changes. Wait, what? You want to use money, not let money use you. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Okay, I'm going, to call, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Yeah, he did not cite any research of any sort. He didn't even like claim that it was science. <laughs> you know, yeah. just making stuff up whole cloth. Now, what nobody just, here is saying that nobody here is saying that you won't feel better if you were to go to like uh, our Patreon or like eplex.store and give us five dollars a month. You will in fact feel better all the way down <laughs> into your saliva for doing that. But that's the only case in which this <laughs> is actually true. Yeah, you get those hormones in there when you do that. <laughs> and um, unless you don't want them, and then I won't. You know, we won't. You wouldn't have to do anything weird. Bit of drudgery. <laughs> who here loves to pay for shit you don't want to do? <laughs> right? Cleaning the toilet. Who likes to have someone else be able to do that, if at all possible? Right? Because once you do that, those drudgeries are gone. What do you get to do? You have time, and with time, you can. Spend I mean, no, I actually like doing stuff myself. Like if you're too if, if you're too busy to like clean your own bathroom like once in a while, I'm like sorry, I'll vacuum I'm, I'm, the house and I'll be like, "Hey, I could have paid someone like a hundred dollars to do that, but I just did it myself, and that's pretty cool." <laughs> I, I kind of have to agree with him on this one. Like, I I really don't like cleaning, and I have no problem paying people to to clean. I have a really good cleaner right now. I'm very happy with so. Okay. Oh, that's good it's, it's not for everybody but like i really like i really like fixing things myself like if something yeah. is broken uh and i'm able to fix it myself i feel a lot better than if i just pay someone else to fix it it depends on the item if i think i can fix it sure but if it's like if it's like my refrigerator i'm gonna feel really bad after attempting to fix it <laughs> i fixed my refrigerator well good for you Things that matter for you that you can do in the world. That it's actually surprisingly easy to fix a refrigerator, depending on what's wrong with it. Is actually giving it away. And nobody believes that until you do it. Now, if you don't give a dime out of a dollar, you're not going to give a hundred million out of a billion ever. Don't kid yourself. It's the place to start wherever we are. And if you do, I think you can find there's enormous enjoyment in that process. Did you just say the pores need to be more charitable? I think that's what he just said. I think he did. Yes. Yeah, I think he said, you know, if you're making $10,000 a year, you should be given, what, 10% of that? You should be given $1,000 yeah, to charity. But I want to point out that, like, well, somebody in the chat said that he was worth around like $100 million, but he's talking about giving away like $1 million. Yeah. We're talking like 1% of his wealth. And we don't know what other charitable stuff he does, but also like, once you get like once you get rich i think like once you get like really rich like the charity it's gonna cause like a feedback loop that kind of adds to your mystique and that you're trade once you're like him he's not trading on anything except like a mystique and so if he's charitable and i don't know if some people think he's good looking not my type really but if he's charitable rich good looking 
uh, people think maybe he's charismatic, charismatic. Those things are all going to add to his mystique and long-term doing charity is probably going to make him more money than if he didn't do it, because that would be missing from the mystique he's putting out there. It's also yeah. tax deductible. Not, not for nothing. Up to, up to 30%. I think you also find that if there's somebody you love, you do something for it's even more. So that's why I'm here. And I want to now make sure in the time that you're here, let's kick this in gear. and Let's talk about three things that can truly change the quality of your life. Number one, first of all, if you make new decisions about the focus on, try this just for a moment. Just for a second, take a deep breath in. Exhale. And oh God, is this meditation? Breath work? That was really pathetic. Let's try that again. <laughs> Deep breath in, then make it a sexual moan and thoroughly enjoy it. Whoa. Oh, now he's doing it again. <laughs> oh, that was much longer and deeper. I like it. Oh, that. deep breath good. in. One more time. Use deep breath in and give it a moan. Nobody's going to moan no. for you, dude. Now, one of the things that I That's so weird. Why is he, doing Why is he <laughs> asking people to do that? This is the second time he's asked for, like, sexual noises from the audience. I feel... I feel some kind of way about this and it's not the usual some kind of way that i'm talking about when i say yeah. something's making me feel some kind of way on stream <laughs> <laughs> yeah this Very is fucking creepy. weird really simple and that is everyone here is in business and there's a problem that all businesses have we're in the most competitive environment we've ever been in we went from what 500 million people being online to a couple billion people being online and in the next four years they're saying we're going to have three billion more online that means this entire world is a bigger market. If you're the person that adds more value, it also means you're going to have more competitors than you've ever seen in your I life. think we should go back to mail order catalogs. The economic world that we're in today that was better. is going to stay the way it is. Raise your hand. Okay. One man on drugs, there's always one. Okay. How many things... Oh, he, he got him to touch him. It's going to go through seasons. We're going to have some I don't like. ups and downs as we adjust to what's happening in the world here. Say, I. Well, then if we know that, our goal, you and I as leaders, should be to anticipate that. In fact, everyone in this room is a leader of something, whether you're the leader of the company or whether you're a leader of a department or whether you're a parent or hopefully you're a leader and not a follower. If you're a leader, you've got to exercise that skill. And so I want to talk to you about that and one of the most important I'm a leader of my cat. Most people don't exercise that leadership because they're- Actually, I'm you, not. My cat is the leader. Yeah, I was going to say that giant, <laughs> the giant orange cat that dive bombed me during the recording of the tech show is actually, he's in charge, but I evict, I evict him from the studio uh, for uh, the podcast part of the Intellectual Dollar Tree. He allows you to evict him. <laughs> and I'll give you an example of what I mean. How many of you in this room, I want an honest answer. I'd like you to yell the answer and raise your hand if you would, please. How many of you in this room have ever experienced the absolute total humiliation of playing a video game against a child? No, that's supposed to be fun. What? Like, even if you're good at yeah, it, you let the kid why? win because that's, the, that's why you, when you play games with kids, you let them win sometimes so that they, like, get the fuck out of here. Why does he I think, think he's going the other way with this? Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I think he's going the other way with this. I think he's saying that like you're playing a video game with a kid, some game that you haven't played before, but the get the kid has been playing forever, so you get beaten. I think that's where he's going to go with this. He's going to be yeah, like, you like, need to you... practice. You need to practice so you can whoop little Billy's ass at that video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is so weird because like you as an adult aren't, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying video games are bad or anything, but you as an adult, your focus shouldn't be video games. The kid's a kid. They can focus on video games all day long. They're a kid. And like, why, disagree. why is he, why does he think he should be better than a kid at a video game? That's so weird. <laughs> I disagree with you a bit. I'm an adult and I can focus on video games all day. 
Well, Matt. <laughs> well, I'm, again, I'm well, not Matt. saying it's bad to play video games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's it would be expected that a kid would beat an adult at video yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hear you. <laughs> what happens when you play the child? Who always wins? Come on, who wins? Always. Why? Is it because they're faster? Is it they're smarter? They're younger? Their neurons are functioning at a quicker tempo? Yes. Here's how it usually works. You're a mother or father, you're an uncle or an aunt, your grandfather or grandmother, you're a friend of the family, you're looking for a gift, we live in a tech world, in a world where today children play with an iPad and learn how to use it before they know how to tie their shoes. How different is that world? I was Mark, yes. But how's that different than watching TV before you learn how to tie your shoes? How's that different than like playing an Amiga before you learn to tie your shoes? for a six-year birth. Like, I don't know how old he is, but he looks like when he was a teenager, he was playing on an Amiga. Legos and a friend of ours says, oh, my six-year-old goes, like, goes on the iPad, searches on YouTube for videos on how to build cool stuff using Legos and starts to study how to build all these structures. That's the world we're in that our kids are in at six years old. And imagine what else they're searching for and finding at six years old. It's a wild, wild. Sounds like if you're. So it sounds like you're. You're like not the best parent if you're thinking about that. And most of us are not seeing what it's doing for us. So you sit down with this child who's high tech. You're not. Even the techies in this room aren't usually as gamers. I know there are plenty of gamers in the room, but there's plenty of not. And then what does the child do? The child says, "Oh, come on. You go look. I'm not good at this. This is for you. Come on, uncle. Come on, auntie. Come on, mom. Come on, dad. It's my birthday. It's Christmas." They use the guilt approach, don't they? And what do you find? You finally break down. Okay. Now you should know you're being set up when they go, you go first. <laughs> right? And then and secretly really you're like first. in the, the top 1% world players and you just fucking slaughter that kid. <laughs> <laughs> like also like, also like on, like at a family gathering, if a young kid wants you to play a game with them, they shouldn't really have to coax you into it. You should be like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll play yeah. with you. Like, what, like, otherwise you're rejecting them and then just kick their ass and be like, don't challenge me at smash bros. I was playing smash bros before you were born. <laughs> you just shoot these guys and it all drops down. And you think, okay, I'm going to show this little bastard. I can do a thing or two here, right? Take out the gun. You're choo, 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 and you're dead in 2.3 seconds. Whose experience is say, I. Now what happens to the child? In about 45 minutes later. Where is he going with this? What game is this? Am I right? And then you're now you're really pissed. You're dedicated. You're devoted. You're focused. You're gonna take this thing out. Are you motivated? What if you what if you what if you ask the kid for some pointers? You're like, hey, I'm not doing so well. You got any pointers? Kid yeah, be like, oh yeah, totally yeah. Do. Here's here's how you do this. Here, let me let me help you out here. Yeah, the kid will fucking totally help you. That not only are they fucking, they're get, they get to help an adult with something. Do you know how much kids love that? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's talking about a free for all uh, first person shooter. That's kind of the the motion that he's making as a a free for all yeah. first person shooter, which is not the kind of game you just pick up like that. Right, and not for nothing, there are other games that are like strategy games where an adult would probably do better than a kid, even if the kid plays it all the time, and, and an adult just pops in because the adult's brain is more developed. And they'll figure out the like the rules of the strategy game, and they'll probably do better too. But like those are like long games. I don't, <clears throat> I'm not that necessarily interested in the game, but I am interested in where he's going with this. Like, what the fucking point is? 
Yeah. I mean, really, what he should have done is tell the kid. Forty-five minutes again. All right, we're gonna play. We're gonna play tax preparation simulator and just bring up TurboTax. Is it because they're faster? Is it because they're smarter? Is it because they're stronger? No, it's because they played this game before. As a result, they have the secret to success. They know the road ahead. So, 20 minutes later, he's gotten to where we all knew he was going. Like, yeah, they, they know how to play. They're, they've they've experienced is the word we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's such a dumb point, too. <laughs> it's like, okay, so... Someone who has been doing something for longer is generally going to be better than you at it. Cool. Never also, would have guessed it. I know that it's... <clears throat> I'm just getting a little bit of I've done steroids vibes off this guy, too, if we're being completely honest here. You think? Well, I'm sorry. No. They're not called steroids when they're prescribed to you legally. They call it something else. ...power <laughs> called anticipation. Anticipation is the ultimate advantage. See... Winners, leaders anticipate, losers react. The reason you get beat is you don't know where things are happening, so you're reacting. Reaction is always stressful. Wait, he just said the reason you yeah, lose so is because they have more experience. <laughs> yeah, and also like... Now it's anticipation? But the, other, the problem with this too is like you, <clears throat> you have to kind of be able to do both, right? Because if you anticipate and then you're like, oh shit, I didn't anticipate that. Well, now I guess you're reacting, aren't you? Well, yeah. You also have to be lucky. Right. And some Yahoo of anticipated a lot, but they weren't lucky. Google anticipated a lot. We just and they were, were lucky. Caught up in our day -to -day. It's predictable the challenges you're going to have in your relationships or with your kids or with your body or with your job or with your economics or with your mother in law or father in law. These are predictable. And if you were to anticipate these things and put a strategy in place, you could take it all out and have the quality of life that you deserve. In business, it's everything. Those that anticipate, those that lead, and then there's those that follow. The followers. Wait, what is the leader? What? What's so the more we the, can anticipate and you can How does this have anything to do with leadership? <laughs> he was just talking about experience, and then somehow anticipating. It's 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 dumb too, because like things, no matter no matter how much you think about what might happen, and wasn't he fucking saying earlier that like you can't predict things, and like there's some some, some shit about like oh, well, I think this is going to go bad and it doesn't go bad. Well, then it's something you didn't anticipate happen. And then you react like this is, this is bizarre. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I also, was, you it, can't control events. Yeah. And, but yeah, you should be able right. to anticipate them. Yep. This is weirder than I thought it would be. I thought I'd like hate him and I don't like him, but this has been weird. He's, he's made me uncomfortable a couple of times and this, <laughs> he's contradicted himself a little bit more than I expected. But again, this is an inspirational talk. Look at this lady in the background recording with her iPad. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretending to record with her iPad, but she's actually like, like playing a first person shooter. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, that's she's right. Like, I man, I'm, I'm just fucking destroying this kid over here <laughs> <laughs> on COD mobile. <laughs> lead unless you first learn how to lead yourself at a different level. And so I love to have you just see that if you and I can start to take control of our focus and we can start to control the meaning of our lives and make something really the meaning that empowers us, because look, what's wrong is always available, isn't it? There's always an Ebola, a bird flu. There's always something that's gonna kill the entire human race tomorrow on TV. And then there's your life. 
What's wrong is always available, and so is what's. Sometimes wrong. it actually does kill millions of people, though. Because otherwise, you become the follower and you get to live your life. Even though you're a smart person, we're all smart, but it's easy to get led astray by everybody else's focus, isn't it? And then all of a sudden, let them create the meaning for us. And then all of a sudden, we're settling for a life far less than what we desire or deserve. So, my. Is he arguing for like ignoring politics and, and news and stuff to focus on your yes. thing? Because, you know. That would have been a problem when COVID came out and we had these like things you were supposed to follow. Yeah. To keep yourself safe from COVID. Uh, play by your own things. rules. Be a maverick. Uh, don't wear a face diaper. Say, <laughs> let's. <laughs> You're not going to put me in a muzzle. By the way, this to me is a little time, a couple hours, two and a half hours, I guess, at this stage. Because um, kind of the minimum length of seminar I do is 50 hours, five zero, And you go, are you kidding me? I don't like to hear myself talk. I like to see people do things so often they build muscle, not just thoughts. And so one of the things I'm going to ask you to do in a few minutes is we're going to go from this passive mode that you're in right now. And everybody's going to drop down and give me 20. <laughs> because and make weird sexual noises while you do it. <laughs> When you're partially engaged, you get a little bit of result. When you're, not, when you're disengaged, we all know what you get, nothing. And we live in a society where most of us are so overwhelmed. There's so much information. What Dude, are, like there's are, another reason that people aren't paying attention to you. Like a lot of people are staring at their phones right now because you've been talking for half an hour and you haven't said a goddamn thing. <laughs> but we're starving for wisdom. And so we got to separate it out. And so one way to separate it out is I'd like to talk to you about three things that can help you increase your performance. And oh, God. More, like, we, we were in the middle of the first thing in a list of three <laughs> things, and now he's doing three more things. <laughs> he, did, he did complete the three things. I thought he completed the first three things, he, and he, he tried to move yeah. on to the second three things, and we, I don't oh, even know okay. what the... And then he started talking about video games, and now he's on to a third three <laughs> things. I don't know. Yeah, he completed the first three things, leadership. and then he said there was another three things, so he's on the first thing, but now there's three things on, like, the sub this one, so it's like, <laughs> you know, 3.a. So podcast listeners, you can't a. tell, but uh, HK is actually trying to locate the things with his fingers in a way that I feel like if he keeps doing it, he's going to break his arm. <laughs> what can increase, increase performance for an individual or an organization? But also, I'm equally obsessed cocaine. about what's going to make somebody fulfilled. Because who's oh, at this also cocaine. Who here has ever achieved your goal, and then your brain said, is this all there is? Who's had this experience here? Say, I. And that's No, because I was on cocaine. I did it right. You figure this out and do it again a new way. <laughs> but when you succeed and you're miserable, you're basically technically screwed. <laughs> so what I want to make sure that you and I do is we set ourselves up to be able to win. So there's three things I'd like to walk you through. One. I'd like to walk you through out of the competitive edge that's going to get you both the performance you want at the highest level. Oh, definitely supplements. The film that you want. <laughs> no, probably <laughs> cocaine. I can tell you there's two master lessons in life. Lesson one is the science. Just maybe a little bit of cocaine, mostly vitamins. Two master lessons in life. Lesson one is the science of achievement. If you want to Wait, hold on. We just had, okay, this is two, two lessons within the first point of the thing that was within the first point of the other thing. We're is that all what this the, we're, is? So this is 1.a.roman dot dot numeral 1. We're all the way down the confidence <laughs> game rabbit hole right here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> if you want a magnificent life, which by my definition has nothing to do with me, it's life on your terms. 
Some of you, what's an extraordinary life? It's having a cool little company. For some of you, it's having a big billion dollar company. For some of you, it's not a company, it's three wonderful children that you totally love and adore and spend time with. For some of you, it's poetry. For some of you, those three wonderful children are working at your company. They just legalized that. And uh, what was it? What was the state that just like legalized child labor? Did they do it in 2017 during Tony Robbins' talk? Oh, no. They I thought they were <laughs> I thought they were doing it at the national level. They were trying to weaken child labor laws. Did they do any of this in 2017 during Tony Robbins' no, talk? No, this is, no. So. <laughs> Damn good at or you wouldn't be in this room, right? You know how to go from where you are, have a vision, make it real. Speeding that up, that's my business. And when Mark talked about it, he actually showed me the other day. Up cocaine, yeah. Together a couple days ago. And at least you think you're speeding it up. First day he did his V2 mom, which <laughs> Everything seems faster to you. you really want, <laughs> what your vision, your values is, why do you want it? And walking through the obstacles and the solutions and strategies to get where you want to go. And he showed me on, an, on the back of an American Express bill where they designed on the very first day Salesforce. And there you see that day where he engaged. He engaged in his vision instead of settling for a life that someone else had designed. He had a great life, extraordinary that life. day. Top guy at Oracle, working for one of the most brilliant people on the face of the earth. Can you imagine how hard it would be to leave there and start something from scratch? Oh, Larry Ellison's a big piece probably of shit, easy. actually. But he had something larger <laughs> that he wanted. It's probably pretty easy because he had a lot of money, you know, yeah, saved away from working there. at top level at a big company. But I know so many people I get the call from most successful in the world. I would like to be this in that situation. Can I be in that situation, please? Leader of some sort, economic leader. Like not even worrying about the fact that your Amex bill is 80 grand and then deciding to, <laughs> to, to outline a company on the back of it. You're like, ah, fucking chump change. Let's start a company. Yeah. <laughs> and they call me up and they want me to change something in their business, but I know what they really want. They really want to find fulfillment still. Right, because if you were to help them change something with their business plan, you would be useful and you wouldn't be able to grift them for the rest of their lives. <laughs> success without fulfillment is the ultimate also if you do something that's like a tangible thing you might be wrong whereas right now like all he's doing is just giving like platitudes and these can never be wrong like what he's what he's saying is like stuff that's designed to never be wrong unfalsifiable yeah, yeah. Well, like like his story about the food yeah. Or like, do you even remember the first things that he said? It's not about focus. And then there was like, you find focus meaning in like what is, something. What is the meaning? And then what am I doing or something like that? Yeah. But I also think like some of the point, <clears throat> the point of like his speech patterns and the way he's talking is that you actually forget the first, like, remember how it took you a yeah. second to recall the first things <laughs> yeah, he was saying. So even Remember how it took you a few seconds to recall the first things he was saying? that are supposed yeah. to be the point of his speech. This is actually ineffective uh, communication, if you, if you think <laughs> about it. Yeah, intentionally ineffective. Right? You make everybody else feel great. I mean, it's a horrible example. I hate it. But we all know an extraordinary spirit that took his own life just recently probably lit up more human beings than almost anybody alive when it comes to humor and joy. He made everybody Ooh. else feel happy but himself. It's sad. You don't want that to be you. If there's any gift he can give besides his joy is the evidence of what you don't want to move towards. Nobody in this room is going to move towards that. That when uh, Robin Williams took his life. The way by giving up what we really desire and believe in. And my goal is to make sure yeah. see if we can wake that up. I feel like he shouldn't so be using Robin Williams 
in his speech like that. I feel like Robin Williams would have done a killer Tony Robbins impression. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if he did at some point. (laughs) Like the uh, movie making fun of uh, Tony Robbins with the reanimated corpse of Robin Williams would be just a blockbuster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look at how many people in the background are just like staring at their phones. He has lost like 50% of the audience at this point. Special unique identities, but there's certain fundamentals. If you do them in mass, you're going to be overweight. If you do them differently, you're going to be fit and strong. Same thing with money. But fulfillment is as unique as art. Art is what one person thinks is beautiful, somebody else can think is ugly, and that's perfectly fine. Have you ever gone to an art museum and you see this big red square and they go, $10 million, you go, you gotta be kidding. Rothko. $10 million for that freaking square? I'll draw you a square! But someone else, no, look at the texture, the, the taste, the flavor. I can taste the paint from here. I mean, he that's does not, not understand why. art at all. You're, you're yeah. buy, if you buy something like that, you're buying it because the artist is popular and you're hoping it's gonna yeah. go up in value. Yep. Or if you're like him, you see a $10 million painting and you just lick it to see what it tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> a different way of being fulfilled, right? So those are the two kind of lessons of life. So this is what I'd like to do to help you with both those today, if you want to play with me. Number one. Oh, live, laugh, love. Let's take a look at what will give you the edge. Who's up for having a competitive edge? Oh, was this actually the second skill? And it's not BS and it's not Holy shit. He made it to a second point. Edge is what's going to get more out of you. Second, I'd like to show you. We're in 1.a.roman numeral 2. Edge is what's going to get more out of you. Second, I'd like to show you how to create a breakthrough. Who here has an area of your life where there's something you've struggled with for a while and you're sick of struggling with it and you're sick of making excuses and you want to actually change it today? Who's got- Somebody in the audience is like, my boss is making me sit through your talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting next to my boss. I just want to go to the bar and get drunk. Can you please get to the point? <laughs> like somebody yeah, the- like literally your talk. Can we wrap it up here, please? <laughs> One of those in your life. Say, I. If you want to play full out, I can show you that. And the third element really affects the other two, and it's really the one that affects business and life, and that's the power of engagement. All of these are tied to engagement. And I'll tell you what triggered me on this. this thing sounds about like Scientology. Yep. Engagement is one of those, you know, new flash Wait, where did, where did these come from? What? what? <laughs> we got three new things here. What? Was this what he just talked about, or... Where is this slide from? <laughs> yeah, he did say something about breakthroughs, and he just said something about engagement. I don't know where the edge came from. That's well, a, I, that I guy's heard in him U2. say the edge, but that was like four sentences ago. But, but that guy, that guy's in U two. That's who's gonna the the U two is gonna perform actually. Yeah. Oh, that that's like, what it is. Yeah. Did he just like rapid fire these points just now, and we missed I think it? He did. Well, we're not going back. All right. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Full engagement, partial engagement. But it's really true. Engagement plays such a huge role. And some of the studies that are out right now are mind-boggling. Have you seen the recent studies that they've done? 142 countries asking workers around the world, how would you describe yourself? Fully engaged, partially engaged, disengaged, aggressively disengaged. And you should poll the audience right now with the same questions, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but like, that's such a weird question. How would you even answer that? Found out, throw like, it up there. They mean at work or in life? And like, well, yeah, I think even answer that. Just like, said it really wrong because I heard about a study like this before, and they're talking about at work. Do you feel engaged or disengaged? I don't know about this aggressively disengaged. I don't even know if that's quite what he. What the? I don't. 
I don't think that's what the word they use. But <laughs> I'm scanning the audience yeah. for someone who is aggressively disengaged right now, actually. But the the, 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 the resolution isn't word. the resolution isn't good enough to see like the looks on people's faces. So <laughs> both these like two in the woman... front row that haven't looked up. I've been watching them. They haven't looked up in at least five minutes. <laughs> They're live tweeting this. <laughs> aggressively disengaged. And guess what they found out? Throw it up there. Around the world, in 142 countries, they found out that 13% of employees worldwide said they were actually engaged in their work. Now, for us in this room, you'd say, that's absurd, there's something wrong with the survey. Well, you'd be right. In a room like this, it's full engagement, or at least a lot fuller engagement. <laughs> he hasn't been looking around the room. so much better when you're 13. Like, you know, so which would you rather have, a punch in the face or a kick in the stomach? But I've been thinking about doing both right now, but I'm not there. Disengaged at work. In the richest, most powerful, most influential country in the world. It's mind-boggling. Now, if it was only one study, you'd say, oh, it was a partial. But you can see study after study coming up with similar numbers, slightly off, but pretty much the same ratios. Now, here's what's really interesting. Of those 71%, there's a group in there, about 24% of them, that are actively disengaged. But like, so much of our work is just meaningless. Like, how many jobs do you think it actually takes, like, 40 hours a week to do? Like, there's a handful, but, like, most jobs take less than 40 hours a week to do. But we still have to be at work for 40 hours a week. Why? Like, yeah, most people are disengaged because they're done with their job before they can go home. Or or they're waiting for some something or somebody else, right? Like, you... Yeah. Things don't always happen exactly when you want. You don't always have control over when things happen. Yeah, like if your boss is always late to the meeting, then yeah, you're going to be actively disengaged and kind of bitchy at the meeting. I mean, like, come on. Yeah. You're like, you called us all here. Fuck you. Like, I think, is that what they mean? I think that's what actively disengaged means, right? Yeah. It means they hate what they do and they hate you. Now, this is pretty important, isn't it? They hate what they do, they hate you, and they will actively work to disempower the organization. Who has ever bumped into one of these humans? Raise your hand, say I. Okay, so when you bump into these humans, it's not usually a pleasant experience, and we all know they're out there. Yeah, those people are on the Scientology tone scale. They're at the one-one. They're covertly hostile. That literally, science, this, is a science, this is a concept straight out of Scientology. I'm not kidding. We've watched hmm. videos about this concept. Wait, how much damage can they do in a world that's you know, social media everywhere where good news travels fast and bad news travels faster. And people don't care what the truth is afterwards. They just, it's a cool story, it makes it go. So this is an area that if you're gonna change your business, you gotta make a difference. So here's what I'm looking at. What makes the difference in people? What makes a difference in an organization? And I would submit to you that it isn't getting a head start. You can find individuals who you give everything to. You can love on them, give them a great education, they get a great economic background, and can spend the rest of their life going in and out of rehab. Who's seen this before, knows what I'm talking about? Say, I. Oh, now he's shitting on drug addicts, great. On the other hand, you see people that life's kicked in the face, somebody's been abused mentally, emotionally, physically, you name it, and they become the Oprahs of the world. So it's certainly not advantage does not come because you were given something. And by the way, in business, advantage doesn't come because you have most resources. Companies with most resources. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> this is good a place. I'm going to end I'm go ahead and hard disagree on his point here. <laughs> yeah, this is as good a place as any to end the pod. And the people watching live and the people on the Patreon, you're going to be really glad to know that we're not going to fucking finish this. 
<laughs> Sometimes I'm like, this kind of sucks, but we're going to have to finish it. Not this, but I do want to like, I was thinking I was going to be able to draw some comparisons from to him from like Jordan Peterson. And there were a few, or like maybe like uh, mostly Jordan Peterson, actually, because of the IDW, Jordan Peterson's the one who's most like an inspirational speaker. Yeah. But this guy was more like a tent revivalist or like a fucking Scientology video. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear any like any of the, the gen, the, the like broader, like sort of appeals to like intelligence that we hear on the, I, I like from the IDW. I didn't hear any of the poor me. People are making fun of me. I didn't hear, I didn't hear any of the sort of tropes that we, that we hear that like, Oh, the establishment is out to get you. I was expecting some of that. And what we got was like, what we got was like a tent revival and a Scientology video. Well, he did, he did bag on the, on news industry a bit. Uh, he just did a couple other things like that, but yeah, it was mostly the tent revival, but that's kind of what the motivational speakers do. Right. They're, they're preachers. Yeah. <laughs> but not like a cool preacher. <laughs> right. Are there cool Is preachers? There such a thing? <laughs> Are those the ones that sit in their chair back, uh, backwards? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a youth pastor, and you should be very oh, terrified okay. of that person. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was just expecting more of the tropes. Like when we watched HK, remember when we watched that David Miscavige video, and we were able to point out trope yep. after trope after trope that reminded us of Sam Harris, Brett Weinstein, Jordan Peterson. Um, and I don't think I, I don't think we caught yeah. any of that. There was a little bit of the like the the Jordan Peterson self help shit, but it was so minuscule in in the whole thing. It was definitely more the, I am going to poorly tell you a story and explain why that makes me awesome. And that's like, not a, that's maybe like an Eric Weinstein thing, but I mean, I don't want to cast too many aspersions at Mr. Robbins here. Eric Weinstein is way more annoying than Tony Robbins. <laughs> I think if we had been watching a, if, if we had been watching uh, someone interview him and they were giving him a hard interview, we probably would have seen a lot more of the tactics that the IDW gives. Yeah. You know, what's funny when I was looking for interviews for him for the first one, it was always him doing the interview. It doesn't seem like he really takes interviews or if he does, it's with other grifters and it's more like a conversation than him being interviewed and being asked questions like a, like a traditional interview, because why would he take an interview with like, I don't know, a business reporter? Asking him difficult <laughs> yeah. questions about business and, and that, like that would be a, a, a dumb thing for him to do. Um, I mean, even that is not unlike the IDW. Yeah. Yeah. That, but again, um, we're just speculating as to the, the, um, the nature of the interviews because we haven't seen them. The only one we saw was him interviewing that other dude. And that was fucking awful episode of the IDW. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm more sorry about that one than this one, but not by much, but just for different reasons. So, yeah, I was just, again, I was expecting more intellectual uh, dark web and less like tent revival from him. Yeah. And it, but this is, I think the, uh, I think Lisa in the chat said that, um, you know, Salesforce is probably just like a, like a, like a sermon for people who are like atheists or it's not a religious sermon. It's like a, like a secular sermon about money and business and yeah. fucking, I don't know, fucking food banks. Uh Personally, yep. I was kind of surprised. Um, I know you guys probably don't know too much about Tony Robbins in, in his past, but uh, he used he like came to fame and became like this motivational speaker uh, out of um, NLP. I don't know if you've heard of that. 
before, but he didn't bring up any of that. So may, maybe he's moved on completely from it or not. What is NLP? NLP, and well, there's the one that I'm specifically talking about is neuro-linguistic programming. And it's this like psychological thing that was really big like 10 years ago or 20 years ago, at least. Uh, Tony Robbins was actually like way in the beginning of it. Uh, but it's, if you've ever heard like, or seen these books that are like how to hypnotize someone to do whatever you want covertly or something like that, that's basically NLP. Oh, like uh, how to make friends and influence people would be uh, what, um, one of those books maybe. Except no, because that, I mean, they, A, that was way before uh, this came out, but this is actually by, it was created by these two guys who came out of academia um, as psychologists that uh, called Bander, Bander and Grinder, I think. Grinder, you uh, say? Bandler and Grinder. And, and the idea was they had this like mental model that you could basically program the mind to do or other people's minds, basically do whatever you want. Uh, and it was very hokey. And for some reason, lots and lots of people got behind it. Uh, and I, it's still around. People still do it. I still hear about it occasionally, but it's not nearly as popular as it was um, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, and Tony Robbins was like a big proponent initially of it. Uh, huh. And he used to do a bunch of NLP stuff. You'd see it. There's like little techniques you'll see if you're uh, aware of it uh, that people bring up all the time. Well, fair enough. Well, that's been another episode of the show. Uh, I'll read my own show out for a change. Thanks everybody for listening to the pod of the intellectual Dollar Tree. If you're listening or watching live, hang out. If you want to know what happens after this, if you'd like to listen to some other sort of infuriating content of a different variety and you don't want to get on Twitch, Go to patreon.com slash ecoplex or eplex.store. Subscribe at five bucks or more. And uh, the whole audio and video, this uh, gets sent directly to your inbox. This is Boomers by Periscope. Change the color of the lights, change the content of my drink. And um, I'm going to come back and watch something else that's going to fucking piss everybody off. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Uh, goodbye, podcast listeners.
If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support.